This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Third and 23 for North Dakota State. Lance on the move. Trey Lance. Trey again. Touchdown. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Prospects 101, brought to you by Blue Wire Pods and Bet Online. This is the show where we discuss and analyze football prospects on all levels beyond the industry standard. High school, college, and the NFL draft. You name it, we cover it. You can interact and follow us on all social media accounts at Prospects 101. And guys, I'm really excited today. We have Chrissy Freud out of Baton Rouge, and she is joining us to talk quarterbacks. How are you doing, Chrissy? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing well. So for those who aren't familiar, uh, why don't you go ahead and kind of give your background and, you know, really how you got started covering football. So basically, I started covering football when I was 16 years old with Campus Sports. I wrote an eight-page essay. We had an eight-page English essay on anything, and I hadn't really been that involved in football before, but we had gone to this Titans game because I grew up with the Titans and uh, it seemed like all the fans wanted to blame Zach Mettenberger for everything, and I just I, I sat there and I was like, logically, it doesn't seem like you could blame this one player for everything that's going wrong in the offense. And so I guess I just started researching it a lot and wrote that essay, and uh, Professor really, really liked it. And yeah, and I, I just found it really intriguing, really interesting. And then I kind of built a little bit of a portfolio and then sent it around to a bunch of super small networks. And of course, I wasn't. I wasn't paid until recently, probably about mm-hmm. a couple of years ago is when I started getting paid. But, um, yeah, it, that's essentially how, how it happened is I just wrote that essay, and I, I really liked all of the analytical aspects of it, and it was something I was comfortable with, and it became to be just something that I knew. And so I just rolled with it and kept building upon it, and I guess here we are now. And now I'm at USA Today Sports Media Group, and I do a lot of different stuff there. Uh, there's a couple other smaller websites that every now and then I'll write mm-hmm. extra quarterback things on just to kind of focus on that because that's kind of my thing. And then, like I mentioned with USA Today, I do the the Titans and LSU mostly mm-hmm. every now and then we branch out a little bit more. So did did your love of the Titans start with Zach Menberger being – like is that kind of coincidence that he's from LSU or is that how you got kind of hooked onto the Titans? You know, and it's funny because I didn't have much interest in LSU growing up either – I think that I just I, – I grew up with the Titans. That was my family's team. They mm-hmm. liked them back when they were the Oilers, too. That's what I what I was around. And so I think as I started covering Zach Mettenberger, I started looking more into the history of the LSU quarterback position, and then I started doing more work at LSU. And then before I knew it, I was writing 
for an LSU fan site website as well before I moved up. And obviously I'm where I am now with a different network. But um, I think that I just started building more and more connections within LSU and I wanted to go to college out of state anyways. And so mm-hmm. because of that, I eventually just found myself in Baton Rouge, I, I guess, really to blame for that. That's awesome. That's very cool. And obviously, you know, LSU had their awesome season. So it's a great time to be an LSU fan right now. And, and as a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, I will try to look past your Tennessee Titans fandom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did have a couple quotes from Gardner Minshew on a story I did on uh, Anthony Gordon earlier this year. I don't know if you've seen that, but yeah. I, I did. I really enjoyed your breakdown of Cole McDonald, and I really enjoyed your breakdown oh, yeah, of, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, of, of Anthony Gordon as well. It's kind of what, mm-hmm. what caught my eye with the quarterbacks. I was like, man, that's awesome because you just don't see a lot of people going that in-depth you know, in the classes and stuff. So it was really good to see yeah. you know, someone going that deep into the rankings, um, which kind of brings us to where we're at now. We, we, we've been doing a lot. If you've been listening to the show, we've been doing a lot of prospect breakdowns uh, through the really the offensive position groups, quarterback, running back wide receiver, tight end, offensive line. We kind of just wrapped up the, that series. Um, so I thought it was a perfect time to bring someone on who could, you know, talk quarterback and, and really bring some depth. So I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on – we'll go ahead and start. You know, obviously we'll, you know, the top two quarterbacks consist, uh, as a consensus are Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields. Do you agree with that? Would you, would you add any quarterbacks to TRA or are those kind of the top two in your opinion? I mean, I think that those are the top two. I think that people are going to spend the next year trying to find out what Trevor Lawrence's faults are. And I think one thing that we realized last year, especially toward the end of the season on Clemson's run to the national championship, is this hidden, I guess we call it hidden mobility that Trevor mm-hmm. Lawrence has. Um, I think that we might see more of that. But I, even I, I didn't realize how mobile that guy was. And he's already so... Mm-hmm. just complete. He has a good NFL frame. And the, now we know that he has good mobility. He can make pretty much any throw. So I think that um, I almost wish that he would have been able to declare last year. He, mm-hmm. <laughs> if the XFL would have stuck around, he could have started making money last year because, I mean, or, or after last year because that's just how good he is. And I think with another mm-hmm. year at Clemson, he just continues to expand upon that. And then Justin Fields, they say that that's the only guy that they think that can take the throne away from Lawrence. I don't think that he does. Um, I, th- I think that he he did really well last year and did one game short of a national uh, championship appearance. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I, I think that those are definitely the top two guys. Do you think, obviously because Trevor tends to be the guy, the number one guy, do you think there's any way Justin Fields could leap Trevor Lawrence? I would put Lawrence relatively, I wouldn't say super far ahead of Fields, but mm-hmm. I, I think that he's the clear-cut number one. I think that maybe if Fields goes on to win the big game or Trevor Lawrence takes some time, some kind of dip, then perhaps. But I, I think that that's one and two, and I think it'll stay one and two. What's up, Prospect 101 fans? Looking to win money but think there's nothing to bet on? Well... There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on BetOnline's YouTube channel, you can find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, 
and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling The Final Dance. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. So kind of kind of sticking with that day one prospect, are there any other quarterbacks that you would consider, you know, first round grades, first round talents, or are we looking at more of a day two prospect? What are your thoughts on that? I think that we'll see a lot of bouncing up and down between the rest of those guys on the list. I think there's a lot of question marks surrounding how well, just in general, overall, all of them, how well they can be consistent in whatever they did last year that was good, if they can continue that on into next year. But one guy that I really like a lot that I think could definitely be in the first-round discussion is K.J. Costello. And um, he has to beat out Garrett Schrader when the quarterback competition in Mississippi State, but I think that Mississippi State is changing uh, so much moving forward if they – granted, of course, that Leach stays on and that he does run that air raid offense that he's so well-known for. Because, I mean, at Mississippi State we've seen the big power running quarterback so much, and I think that perhaps they start to move away from that as they go forward with this. Um, I think that K.J. Costello fits into that well. I think that Leach got him for a reason. I, I, I personally think that he'll be the starter. As I mentioned, of course, there is the quarterback competition that he does have to win out. But um, I, I like what I see with Costello. He's got a good frame. He's got a strong arm, and he's, he's accurate, and I think he's ready to b- bounce back from injury and show what he can do coming from Stanford. You have just become a massive friend to the program because uh, probably about probably about two weeks ago we had a big debate about KJ Costello and I was about the only pro I was the only pro out of the entire all three hosts on the show uh, of KJ Costello so I'm really excited to uh, be able to hop off here in a little bit and and kind of and kind of rub it in my co-host's face. Let's see, I'm the only one who likes KJ Costello, but I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I'm excited. I think he's got a really unique opportunity to prove that, you know, he ran that pro style offense with David Shaw at Stanford and now he gets to go run the air raid with Mike Leach. And if he can show that he's very, if he's able to pick up the air raid and, and be just as successful as he was in the pro style offense, that's a really big feather in his cap to GMs. I got to imagine they, they look at that and go, Hey, he can run any kind of offense. You know, this is our kind of quarterback kind of moving past day one type uh, prospects. Are there any day two, day three type prospects that you've been keeping your eye on or that you think could make some noise and potentially move up the rankings? I think Kyle Trask is definitely a quarterback to watch in the SEC. Um, didn't seem to have an experience. I mean, didn't seem to have too much of a problem uh, coming in there with little experience after Felipe Franks went down. I think that he's going to be a complete pocket passer. That's something that we've seen from him. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's had those 10 starts, and I think that he really – Builds upon that. I think that Brock Purdy could be a day one or day two guy. He's he's a really hot prospect to watch because he's good as a freshman, even better as a sophomore. Um, I, he's one that I've kind of seen all over the place in the projections. I think everybody really is right now with the season not having started yet. But I think that he did some good things last season. I think about a 66% complete, uh, 66% completion percentage somewhere around mm-hmm. there. Uh, I think he added some scores in the ground game as well, so he can do some some himself, but I think that those two are some to keep an eye on and Sam Ellinger at Texas, Trey Lance in North Dakota State. I think that he might have the best, uh, the best mobility in this class. Um, he went undefeated with the Bison last year, n- another national championship, and I think that he increases that draft stock this year. 
Yeah, he's he's definitely an interesting prospect. You know, I think that that Oregon matchup versus North Dakota State is going to be a real fun game to watch. Does him being at the FCS level concern you at all versus comparing him to FBS prospects, or do you think he's so elite? You think he's so good that it really doesn't matter? Well, I think that there's always a question with the competition. I, it's the same kind of question that you see whenever we talk about all these XFL quarterbacks that mm-hmm. are going on the NFL and how they have to. Adjust is kind of a little bit of a weird comparison. But, um, yeah, I mean, I personally am always a little bit wary of those guys because you never know. But I think at the at the heart of quarterback analysis that you can that, – that's a position you can really look at and you can kind of just tell individually how they're going to be. And I definitely see some potential in him. When you're analyzing film and you're looking at the quarterbacks, what are some of the traits, what are some of the things you look for personally that, that stand out to you that say, okay, I think this guy could be successful at the next level because of these traits? Probably football IQ, uh, accuracy, and then confidence. If the quarterback's not confident in himself, then that's going to affect how he performs on the field. If he doesn't know the offense well, if he doesn't know football well, if he doesn't understand defense as well then that's going to affect him and we've seen some quarterbacks get bitten by that at the NFL level and I think that good accuracy compensates for maybe below average arm strength arm strength and the the size are things that you like to see but I think that it's something that we get caught up on because it's so flashy it's the things that catch your eye initially and it's something they really shouldn't get hung up on so being a, a local LSU fan and you're covering the sport you're writing for the team what are, what are your thoughts on Miles Brennan this year? Is is he going to be able to kind of fulfill that hype that he had when he was initially recruited? Do you think sitting behind Burrow has allowed him to develop into a better prospect? What do you think? I think that it's helped his development. I've always been kind of skeptical about Miles Brennan. I think that I was high on him with everyone else when he first came here. But mm-hmm. I question how much of a football guy he is in comparison to Joe Burrow. I think that the bar has been set tremendously high, and we may never see another quarterback quite like Joe Burrow. And We've seen flashes from Brennan. I don't think that we've seen enough to truly evaluate him and say this is what he is or this is what he's going to be. I admire his his patience and his ability to sit behind and to not transfer like so many of these other guys do, which sometimes there's the situation is correct for that. But um, I don't know. I mean, I've seen I've seen some film of him that makes me go, you know, it's just this is not it. This is going to be um, a, a bit of a downward fall for LSU with the quarterback position. And then I see some, it's like, oh, it seems like as he's made these small appearances as time has gone on, it seems like he really has learned a thing or two and he really is doing mm-hmm. better. But um, yeah, he's he's got a lot to prove. I'm not sure that he does it. And I'm not sure that I'm really particularly high on him going into the season, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Does it, does it make you feel better as an LSU fan knowing that, you know, they didn't bring in one of these grad transfers? Was there a lot of... I don't know if I didn't really hear a lot that they were front runners for guys like KJ Costello or JT. Obviously, JT. Well, JT is not a grad transfer, but I know he just transferred to Georgia. Mm-hmm. I think to me, if I'm an LSU fan, I find a little comfort in that, knowing that they didn't bring in outside competition. It makes me feel maybe Coach O feels Brennan could be the guy, or is there somebody already in the quarterback room who could push him a little bit? Um, I think that Max Johnson and TJ Finley both have a lot of potential. Those are guys that I've covered and that I'm very excited about based mm-hmm. on what I've. Uh, scene of them. I I did some work on Finley and talked to Finley in his senior season and uh, talked to his coach as well, Hank Tierney, and they were really excited about what he was doing. And he had that one game and they put up over 60 points and he just looked tremendous. But um, so I, I think that those guys bring a lot to the table. I don't know that they necessarily take the starting position away from him unless he just bombs mid-year and 
they've showed out in practice or something like that. Um, I kind of wish that LSU would have brought in a grad transfer just because mm-hmm. that would make me more comfortable uh, <laughs> personally. I do think that the fact that they have not uh, may be a good indication that Coach O is happy with where Miles Brennan is. Absolutely. Well, as we start to wrap up here, I just want to say I know you brought up XFL a couple times, and it and it still mm-hmm. it still hurts my soul still currently that the XFL is not a thing. I know we were uh, our show before before it folded was XFL Chalk Talk. We we had transitioned okay. into Prospects 101. So so hearing you talk about XFL and talking about the quarterback play and all that stuff, I was like, I know, I get it, I, I miss it so bad. So it's it's pretty cool to talk about because you covered the XFL. You were the uh, with the I Roughnecks, did, correct? I did. Yeah. I was there a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I I liked a lot of what I saw from PJ Walker. It was really neat to be able to be around the XFL's best quarterback. Uh, that I think that just the athleticism and the ability to evade pressure that he brings and watching him progress and get so much better just in that short, I guess, half season that they have. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see what he can do in Carolina. Absolutely. Me too. Well, yeah, Chrissy, we appreciate you being on the show today. Um, why don't you let our fans know where they can find you, what you're working on, your social, uh, and how they can follow you? Yeah, well, um, one of my bigger projects I'm working on right now is I have the Steve McNair case file actually open. It's funny because every now and then I'll deviate from just pure sports and quarterback analysis. I actually did a couple pretty big projects um, on a Ted Bundy victim and interviewed his lawyer hmm. last year. So, so summer always seems to be a time wherever I kind of go into a bit of a weirder thing every now and then. Uh, but yeah, so I've, I've talked to a few people about that. I, I don't really agree with the conclusion that the police came to on that. So I'll have something out on that uh, sometime in the summer. Um, obviously more quarterback stuff. I'm evaluating every quarterback situation in the NFL right now. Yeah, so just just those kind of things, and then I'm on Twitter at Chrissy underscore Freud, and that's pretty much the only social media that I use, like, business-wise. Absolutely. Well, like I said, we, we really appreciate you talking quarterbacks with us, and I know we um, we started following you on Twitter, and, I, and me personally, I've, I've really enjoyed reading your quarterback breakdowns leading up to the draft, mm-hmm. your draft coverage. Again, we, uh, we just really appreciate that you're able to make some time to get on uh, the show, and we'd definitely love to have you on again. And, and guys, Anybody who's listening to this, please go follow her because she's got some awesome breakdowns, and she's definitely going to be one of the rising stars in this business sooner rather than later. So, Chrissy, we, we appreciate it and for taking the time to be with us today. Yeah, of course. Thank you. Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.